Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Doctor's Kitchen podcast with me, Rupi. Today, we're going to be talking about principle two, eat whole. And today, I've got the pleasure of having Alexandra Swacker, a public health researcher at the World Health Organization Collaborating Center at Imperial College London. That is a mouthful. And it also happens to be my old university. We're going to be discussing how the complex arrangement of molecules found in food relate to health outcomes rather than just isolated compounds. Make sure you listen to the end because we're going to round up with tips to help you eat more whole every day, the kind of things that you'll find in my book as well. So each element that makes up part of a food is integral to the system. The last episode was about individual chemicals that we've been able to examine. And it's great because it gives us a wider understanding of why foods have health properties. But it's certainly not the bigger picture. And that's exactly why I've got my guest with me here today who specializes in the bigger picture. And that is public health. So thanks so much for being here today, Alexandra. It's fantastic to have you. Do you want to give us a a bit of an overview of the kind of work that you're doing at my old university? Absolutely. Thanks, Ruby. Thanks for having me here today. Um, So I work in research, uh, like you said, at the World Health Organization Collaborating Center at Imperial, indeed a mouthful. (laughs) Um, So we as a center actually specialize in primary care and public health. And we do a lot of work regarding building health systems in around the world, basically, and focus a lot in the Middle East. However, my immediate specialty of Mm -hmm. research is nutrition within epidemiology. So physical ailments, as well as looking at relationships between the microbiome, for example, and mental health. So So really like absolutely fascinating stuff because we're actually going to talk about fiber (laughs) and the microbiome, which is the population of microbes that live in and around our body, but largely concentrated in our gut in, uh, in later episodes, actually. But Amazing. That's okay. super cutting-edge stuff, right? It is, and uh, it's it's fundamental, really, for the well-being of the worldwide population. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. My first question really is, what does eating whole actually mean? I think we need to get this probably defined early before we actually start talking about being whole or eating whole. So what does eating whole actually mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's a great question. Um, So eating whole uh, refers to foods that are as close to their natural form as possible and haven't undergone any chemical changes. So Mm -hmm. fruits, vegetables, whole grains, Mm -hmm. meat, if you eat it, Mm -hmm. um, dairy, again, if you eat it. Mm 
So in comparison, some examples would be grilled chicken breasts as opposed to chicken nuggets. So okay. chicken nuggets have obviously undergone extensive processing, gotcha, huh? contain additives, uh -huh. whereas a chicken breast basically comes right off the chicken and you cook it. Gotcha. Okay. Mm. So it's kind of like a um, whole eating exists on a continuum or a spectrum, right? So it, it's super hard to have the most whole form as possible because I suppose by process of heating, steaming, cooking of any element or even chewing, something becomes processed. Right. Yeah, but we're, exactly. we're talking about as closer to the sort of whole. Yeah, and possible. I think something important to note is when in doubt, mm. look at the ingredients. And yeah. if there aren't any, that's a good sign. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So um, I know that uh, a lot of the time people require something just really simple ideas of to how they can eat more whole. And I know in clinic, uh, when I when I talk to them about the addition of oil and salt and sugar mm -hmm. to certain items that really they shouldn't really be there. Yeah, right. That's an indication that it's probably a little bit more processed right, right. on the spectrum of whole versus processed. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So cool. the more you have to add things, the more processed the food becomes. Gotcha. And so what are the benefits of eating less processed and convenience foods? Right. Okay. So um, by eating whole foods, foods that are less processed, um, you are eating foods that have been perfected by nature mm. and they are already in their integral and perfect form. They contain the perfect water to fiber ratio for optimum digestion and the correct chemical composition for the body to absorb all the nutrients gotcha. that it needs. Uh -huh. So a GP, tell me if I'm wrong, but yeah. the GP looks at the individual. So you have a case that comes in, they tell you their problems and yeah. you help them fix that, uh -huh. correct? So you look at the individual. We try. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do a great job. Um, Public health looks at the population as a whole. Mm -hmm. So we look at why there's a rising prevalence, why there's a decline in something. Mm -hmm. uh, and as far as nutrition and its role in public health, mm -hmm. so the global burden of non-communicable chronic diseases is increasing rapidly. Mm -hmm. So those would include diseases such as diabetes, mm -hmm. heart disease, obesity, high blood pressure. Okay. So those are not transmitted by infection, right, basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you can't cough on someone and give them diabetes. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, the, the tubes in London would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blood pressure would be through the roof for yeah. sure. Um, so those are on the rise. And what is concerning is that not only um, is the prevalence increasing, but they are showing up earlier in life. So gotcha. younger people yeah. are getting these conditions. And the WHO, the World Health Organization, projects that by the year 2020, so that's what, it's not very long, far that's off. Three that's years, only, yeah. yeah, barely three years, um, that these non-communicable chronic diseases mm -hmm. will account for almost three quarters of deaths worldwide. Right. So that's a huge number. Mm -hmm. And to be more specific, type 2 diabetes will be almost tripling in the next decade alone. Yeah, yeah. So the thing with this class of chronic diseases is that they are largely preventable. Mm -hmm. 
And there are two ways of which we can prevent them. Mm -hmm. One, through diet, which we will be talking about today, and two, through physical activity, which we might also touch on a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we should definitely, yeah. Um, I I hear a lot of people talk about diet and and diet's the way forward. mm -hmm. And the general advice that you will hear from your typical GP is to eat a healthy diet and then to go to the NHS website and then find out what a healthy diet is. Whereas really, we I mean, the whole purpose of the podcast is to try and give people actionable tips as to what does that actually mean. So whole food, like we just described, is one of the key things that we can do to mitigate these sorts of diseases of, of, uh, of lifestyle. And I've come across studies that just by reducing the convenience and processed items that we have in our diet on a weekly basis, parameters can improve like blood pressure, uh, cholesterol ratios, BMI, even even those things in isolation aren't markers of overall health, but collectively, they can be very powerful, right? Yes, they can. Absolutely. So you're right in the sense that a GP can sometimes give ambiguous advice mm. when it comes to uh, diet and nutrition and sometimes assume that when they say eat a healthy diet, that the patient will automatically know what they're talking about. Mm. So it's great that you are doing these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. wonderful. And it's making all this information a lot more accessible to yeah. the general and public. And there are plenty of GPs that do a great job as well. I don't want to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. no, no. Not downplaying yeah. the role of GPs. <laughs> yeah. And also, what, your five minutes? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah, seven <laughs> so minutes average. So that's wow. not very fair either. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about multivitamins and the isolated chemicals that we find in supplements and stuff like that. Given what we know about eating whole foods and the the different compounds that we find in whole foods and the fact that that they're attached to fiber and other micronutrients, is there a role for for multivitamins and and isolated chemicals to supplement? Well, the answer is yes and no. Mm -hmm. So ideally, you would eat colors of the rainbow, which would give you all the vitamins you need. Gotcha. However, people who do eat a monochromatic diet are going to need to supplement. Right. So while they're not ideal, uh, in order to avoid deficiency-induced diseases, Mm. conditions such as anemia, which is an iron deficiency, or scurvy, which is a vitamin C deficiency, uh, they they clearly would need to supplement. Which worryingly we're seeing, aren't we? Scurvy, which is unbelievable. We think this is a disease of Victorian times or even before that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. uh, Where we didn't have access to fresh fruit and vegetables. And now, (laughs) in an era of abundance, we're seeing it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, I mean... We talked about processing foods and stuff. There are a lot of foods that are marketed as sort of like superfoods, uber healthy for you. But I suppose by virtue of the fact that they come in sprinkles or powders or those sorts of like formulations, that's essentially a processed food, right? So do you you know anything about whether the processing of certain foods, let's take, I say, berry powders. That's very popular right now. The the purple sort of uh, supplement that you get in smoothies and stuff. Does that actually retain nutrients? Does it keep the nutrients of the berries themselves? Or is that something that's lost through the actual uh, packaging and transportation process? Well, the whole concept of superfoods and superfood powders and sprinkles, they call them. <laughs> I don't know if it's called sprinkles. I, I call them sprinkles. <laughs> what did you say? Sprinkles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it probably means something else in the US, right? Like the, the sugary sprinkles yeah, yeah, you put sprinkles on cupcakes. Yeah, sprinkles, what you put on ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It, so it probably you means that, that here I, I as saw well. in my mind an image of like confetti. Like, yeah, yeah, kind of. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like green confetti. Yeah, for, exactly. For 
latte. Um, so a lot of those, uh, honestly, are backed by somewhat of a pseudoscience mm-hmm. and great marketing. Right. So right. you call anything super, and mm. it's going to sound amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yes, these foods in their natural state are wonderful, and uh-huh. if you can eat those whole berries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Acai or blueberries or blackberries, mm-hmm. um, in in their natural form, that yeah. is ideal, and that's how that that's how the body is going to absorb these things. Right. So, in response to the processing uh-huh. of these so-called superfoods, um, I'll tell you about a few studies okay. that I have. Um, that I brought for you here oh, today. Oh, great. Yeah, I have good, copies good, for yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always up for studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, number one, they're actually in three different food groups. So, uh-huh. the first one that I'm going to tell you about is was conducted by the School of Biological and Population Health Sciences at Oregon State University. And the study they conducted was to see whether healthy compounds in cruciferous vegetables can be easily obtained through supplements. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So, so they, cruciferous vegetables are things like broccoli, broccoli and cauliflower. Cauliflower, and, exactly. Yeah, kale. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> kale, another superfood, right? Yeah. Super in mm-hmm. uh, quotation marks. Yeah. Which is, it's a superfood, but <laughs> yeah. you need to eat it yeah, properly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what this study found is that. The answer was no. There's absolutely no health value that comes from the food in a supplemental form. And the right. reason is because the cruciferous family contains an enzyme uh-huh. called myrosinase. Gotcha. Uh-huh. And when that enzyme is heated up, it basically it, it basically dies. So it right. becomes ineffective. And without that enzyme, the body is not able to absorb the nutrients uh-huh. that come out of these um, vegetables. And the same happens when it gets heated up too much. Okay. So uh-huh. that kind of goes into play with learning how to cook your vegetables properly. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Mm, which yeah. I'm sure you address in your book. I, I know, I do. It. Yeah, you are a mind reader. <laughs> I told literally, you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, literally stuff that I talk about in my book and the fact that we right. don't want to overcook sprouts. Yeah, you, you can't. Wanna... Yeah, because yeah. it will destroy the enzymes that the body needs to absorb the nutrients. And it destroys the flavor as well. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, 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 it becomes yeah. mushed. And flavor <laughs> as well as function is what the doctor's kitchen is about. Right. We want to try and promote that as much as possible. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. So the best way, actually, while we're on this topic, we should clarify that the best way is to... Steam. Steam. <laughs> <laughs> you were looking at me. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I mean, so I teach a technique in uh-huh. the start of the book where okay. you put a little bit of hot water into Perfect. a saucepan. You yes. put the vegetables in, you yeah. cover it. Uh, yeah. And that way it's kind of like steaming without right. the expense or the... The steam isn't massive. You put them on your worktop and they take yeah. up all the space and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, so really that's how I've done easy. it my whole life. Just Good. in a pot, yeah. like a centimeter maybe of boiling water yeah, and cover yeah, it yeah. And, and perfect and with broccoli I usually leave it till it just when it boils and turn the fire off absolutely and that's it. yeah brilliant right like I said it retains all of its nutritional compounds mm-hmm. the body can absorb everything that it needs otherwise all the antioxidants and all the good stuff would be lost in the water that it gets boiled in sure, so there's sure. no point there are lots of different benefits of of different sorts of vegetables and fruits that we can find on our supermarket shelves as well mm-hmm. so it's not doesn't have to be about broccoli sprouts or no, uh, no, acai berries yeah. the number of different ones that we have access to are incredible red cabbage sweet potato cherries beets right. um, artichokes red chicory they're just so many beyond just the expensive ingredients right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they're just they're as abundant. beneficial yeah exactly yeah great Great. 
Um, so the next study that I'll tell you about was actually done on omega-3. Okay. And this study was done by the National Institute of Health. And it looked to see uh, if there was, if omega-3 provides any benefit uh -huh. for cognitive function. Uh -huh. And what they found was that omega-3 supplements actually uh, do not help with cognitive decline. Right, right. Uh, and they, the study suggests that the best way is actually eating whole foods in, in which omega-3 is naturally occurring. Okay. So that would be walnuts. Uh -huh. That would be salmon, Love for walnuts. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah same. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. so, so that's interesting. All the sorts of natural fats that we find in a uh, plant-focused whole diet. So exactly. whole walnuts, whole uh, right. pumpkins, whole almonds. Exactly, yeah, pumpkin um, seeds. Wild yeah. fish is one particular yeah. found. And um, I've even come across some supplements. I don't know if you have heard of them, but they're based on algae. Mm -hmm. And they have a high content of the long-chain fatty acids, oh, okay. um, DHA and EPA, mm -hmm. that you can find. So it's actually an option for vegetarians or vegans if they yeah. still want to supplement with omega-3 okay. for other reasons. But yep, that's amazing. That's, um, yeah, that's super interesting. That's important also to address different dietary needs yeah. because we're not here to convince people to yeah. follow one diet or another, but yeah. rather that you can be this religion or that religion yeah, or have yeah, this yeah. dietary preference or that one and yeah. still have the capacity to yeah, eat um, whole yeah. foods. I think one thing to mention as well with the processing of certain products that you can find on the um, shelves, the fiber and micronutrient content can actually be adversely affected as well, right? So uh, any form of processing, whether it be mm -hmm. cold pressing as well as heat pressing, right. can actually affect the nutrient availability as some of your studies have shown. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hear this a lot, but the, the best advice <laughs> to eat foods in their whole exactly. form as possible, right? Yeah. But it's, it, you know, it's it's really up to personal preference. I've found people that still have um, green sprinkles, <laughs> as I call them, or like, you know, uh, superfood blends and that kind of stuff. If you can afford it and it makes you happy and you feel great on it, I don't have, I'm very open-minded to this and yeah. I'm very open-minded to the new research that might say the opposite. Mm -hmm. In fact, I came across some, a study looking at broccoli sprouts in particular okay. where they had a powdered form and they supplemented uh, people's diets. I think it was uh, done in China where mm -hmm. they have exposure to a lot of environmental pollutants and they found that their blood level of the environmental pollutants that they were looking at, okay. um, something that we find in cigarette smoke, like benzene, right, right, actually yeah. reduced significantly uh -huh. whilst they had a very small small amount of these broccoli sprout supplements. Mm. Um, the equivalent that you find in 30 grams of broccoli sprouts is what they had in these capsules. Oh, amazing. And it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I, th I think, you know, they attributed it to sulforaphane, which is a type of plant chemical that you find mm -hmm. in broccoli sprouts, but you can also find them in things like uh, brassica vegetables and all the different sorts of greens that we have access to up and down the country. But um, That's interesting. It was conducted in China. It was. Where there's probably a pretty high Loads. level of contamination, yeah. right? So yeah. I imagine that it would be due to the antioxidant properties yeah, of the broccoli sprouts. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole... I think uh, a whole bunch of different mechanisms by which phytochemicals in particular mm -hmm. can have an effect on things like environmental pollutants, but also right. the ability to remove pollutants from right. your, your blood. So uh, whether that be antioxidant mechanisms, so removing right. scavenging oxidants, uh -huh. uh, whether it be upregulating certain enzymes that actually improve the process of removing pollutants, an effect on gene, so the actual genes that govern how well we reduce environmental pollutants in our mm -hmm. body, uh, and inflammation as well. This, mm. It's 
really really complicated i'm sure there's lots of other things to it yeah Um, yeah. but that's yeah that's one of the the studies i found super interesting interesting. yeah i think i might have referenced that in my book i can't remember there was Ah, there's quite a few (laughs) references that put in the book i Uh I did a lot lot of work for it it was uh i bet you did how long did that take you it took a good three four months but i'd been doing the back work for it for seven or eight months amazing yeah yeah wow long process congratulations for finishing that wow so um I suppose the impression I want to give to uh, listeners is that mm-hmm. with every mouthful of food, there are tens of thousands of different molecules that enter your system and progress through so many different complicated metabolic processes. So it can never be really as simple as I eat this particular vegetable, fruit or, or food for X and that helps with Y. And it's likely that it's the multitude of compounds that we find in whole foods mm-hmm. as well as the arrangements and the relationship that that has with our cells right. that leads to positive and negative outcomes, right? So right, it, exactly. it's it's very complicated to get your head around. but Well, absolutely. Uh... From a public health point of view, I think I, I get a lot of resistance from, uh-huh. from patients saying, you know, this is all great. but healthy eating is expensive. Like, how do I do this on a budget? Well, healthy eating is very expensive when you buy packaged products. Gotcha. So if you go to Whole Foods, for example, you can fill... Whole paycheck. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, you can fill up one grocery bag and Mm. spend uh, quite a bit of money. And that's because they really charge a premium for these packaged products. Mm. However, there are many other options for buying organic produce. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tesco, for example, mm-hmm. is seems very economical. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the supermarkets I've seen here. All the supermarkets are available. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know, Waitrose, what, what do you guys have here? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they all tend to have large varieties of produce. Mm-hmm. Um, so for your fruits and vegetables, I really don't see them as being costly. Uh-huh. And if you base your diet on those, yeah, fantastic. Mm. For grains, I suggest shopping in the bulk section if you can find Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. That helps a lot in reducing costs. Absolutely, yeah. And for people who do eat meat, Uh you actually don't need that much. Yeah. Half of your plate should actually be fruits and vegetables. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I actually talk about that a bit more on my podcast that's coming out called Eat plants or eat more plants oh, really um, so okay. like a, it's probably the best evidence base that we have for uh-huh. eating right a right. largely vegetarian diet versus me yeah. I, I do some work with um a charity uh, community kitchen called made in hackney and ah. it's exactly trying to do that disparage this belief that healthy eating is expensive right when you teach people to be savvy shoppers yeah. look for where you get whole foods yeah exactly. where you can actually get those massive bins of, of beans legumes and yeah. different sorts of whole yeah, grains exactly it's super super cheap yeah and, it is you know just witnessing like the sort of realization of how they can do this on a budget is mm-hmm. is really really encouraging mm-hmm. you know it is yeah. encouraging yeah. definitely um I actually talk about being a stuffy. I, I keep on mentioning a book here. I, I, I teach you how to prepare food from scratch ah, as well. Perfect. So things like okay. soaking and sprouting and yeah. food preps on Sundays and midweek and stuff like that. Oh, There's lots of the little tips and, and stuff like that that you find in the book as well. Okay. So um, I just want to ask you one question. Yeah. Or did you have something else? To well, add I was or? just going to say back to what you're saying about incorporating a mainly plant-based okay, diet. Yeah. The World Health Organization also recommends that hmm. as a strategy for combating this rising prevalence gotcha. of um, of chronic diseases. And an interesting fact, actually, is that 
preventable chronic diseases like we talked about that are preventable through diet yeah. and exercise yeah. cost the NHS 18 billion pounds a year. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Which we, is like 20% of the budget. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Huge, so right? if we could get that under control, we could yeah. reallocate those funds Absolutely. into... And Maybe. I think, you know, that's actually an underestimate of the proportion of the budget because, mm. you know, the cost to dependents, the cost on sick days, the cost on right. all that kind yeah. of stuff has massive, massive uh, effects, right? The yeah. difference between whole raw and whole cooked. Ah, I mean, we, gradually, okay. we, we briefly touched on this, right. but I'm seeing a lot of people trying to convince people to eat completely raw uh-huh. to retain all nutrients. Right. So this is kind of like a prevailing myth amongst a lot of people, actually. A lot of educated people as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd love your opinion on that. Okay. The more raw foods that you can eat. Now, when I say foods, I mean um, fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. I don't mean like chowing down on (laughs) raw rice. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Fruits and vegetables, salads. Try to eat the majority of that raw because that is the way that you're going to obtain the greatest proportion of nutrients. Uh, So raw food essentially means Mm -hmm. eating food that has not been cooked or Uh processed or heated above, I think it's 40 degrees. Okay. Whole food is essentially raw food, but it also incorporates food that has been cooked. So it would include rice, it would include legumes, it would include meat again, like Uh I said. Mm -hmm. Um, So the two kind of symbiotically work together Uh very well. Uh There are some foods, however, that Mm. do need to be cooked to reap the entire benefit of them. Of the nutritional content, right? Exactly, right. So Mm -hmm. we we talked about steaming broccoli, and that is actually better for you. You'll notice that when you buy broccoli, Uh it's a nice green, but it's Uh a little bit dull, Uh right? Mm -hmm. When you steam it, it becomes beautifully vibrant. vibrant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that's when you know that it has reached optimum perfection. Gotcha. Uh Tomatoes are another food that need to be cooked to release a chemical called lycopene. Uh And the reason is because tomatoes store that in their cell walls and it needs to be heated to release that Mm. uh, for the body to be able to absorb it. So for tomatoes, actually, the best products are like pizza sauce, pasta sauce, tomato paste, Uh um, tomato sauce, which you can make yourself basically by simmering lots gotcha. and lots of tomatoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. <laughs> But it's because it contains such a high concentrate of uh-huh. lycopene. Mm-hmm. And while cooking decreases the quantity of vitamin C, for example, uh-huh. in tomatoes, the ratio of decline in vitamin C and the increase of lycopene is significantly gotcha. greater. Okay. So right. all right. That's yeah. yeah, that's that's really interesting. So eat uh mainly whole food, have some raw, have some cooked in your diet, depending right. on what you do the best you can. The really. best, exactly, yeah. Because yeah, I think it's about can. balancing the convenience of whole foods in modern society. Sometimes, you know, we have to navigate choices on a daily basis. Uh, we're surrounded by convenience foods and we need to appreciate that everyone's exactly. situations are completely are. different from They're each other. Yeah. We don't all have time to you no, know, sit and the there's stove no and stuff. judgment. People Absolutely, do the best they yeah. can. <laughs> we're just providing the information so that yeah. hopefully they can acquire more information to make better choices. Totally. Absolutely. Health really does start in the kitchen mm. and there are no miracle cures for it. There mm. are no miracle pills or sprinkles or yeah, you know, yeah. tablets or supplements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No matter what the marketing claims, um, it really does start in the kitchen. So, okay. uh, I'm just going to round up with... 
just general tips on how to eat more whole foods and less convenience products with the aim of increasing nutrient density of our meals. So Tupperware is your friend. It's the best way to guarantee having access to a healthy lunch, particularly if you work in the NHS and you only have access to the hostel canteen at work. I always go to work with my Tupperware mm. where possible. It's super, super easy. Or any office environment, right? Any office yeah. environment, exactly. Yeah, the lunch options can be particularly poor yeah. if you work in areas where there's an access. Or expensive. And expensive as mm. well. So it definitely uh, ticks all those boxes for me. Meal prepping is sometimes life-saving. Prepping at the start of the week is brilliant and I tend to make staples like butternut squash, lentils, the different sorts of legumes that we've just been talking about, sweet potato. And then during the week, I fold in fresh ingredients and that way it changes up the taste and the flavors and it keeps it manageable for you as well. Ruby, meal prepping might be an abstract concept for some people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that something you address in your book or maybe that's a, that is something. That's a sequel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a sequel, yeah. So meal prepping is really the act of preparing staple foods at the start of the week so you can okay. enjoy them later. So mm. you cook in big batches. So I might, for example, do four sweet potatoes that I roast at the start of the week and I keep some of them in the fridge so I can fold in different sorts of vegetables into that and maybe some fresh lentils, maybe some spinach, Mm -hmm. maybe some different sorts of spices and herbs as well. Mm, Fantastic. (laughs) Navigating supermarkets can be a mindful. I used to be someone that used to go to the store hungry and that's just plain destined to fail. Destiny. Get cookies and the convenience foods and the crisps and that's where you're actually going to fall down. So Don't shop hungry is one of the things I would say. Wholesome snacking at work. So prepare yourself. In a hostel, for example, we only have a vending machine and I'm sure lots of different working environments only have access to those sorts of convenience foods. And stores themselves are lined with quick releasing sugars that I used to depend on. So, you know, if you keep snacks in the house, you're going to eat them. And the alternatives that I always talk about include nuts, seeds, whole fruits, which are delicious and they're satiating. And I try and tell my patients to indulge out of the house as well where possible because if you keep them in they're likely going to be eating but having said all of this food is for enjoyment and some people being strict with yourself is necessary for others it's the complete opposite and i think you know we need to be respectful of everyone's situation so these are by no means rules that everyone needs to abide by but more so suggestions and strategies to make healthier habits. If I'm hungry and there's crisps or there's a box for celebrations on the ward, I'm going to be eating them. And I think it'd be wrong to pretend otherwise. Uh, but Don't punish so- yourself. For no, it exactly. You shouldn't punish yourself. And, you know, for some people, it's an all too often occurrence and they need to be mindful. But others, it's something that you don't need to unnecessarily focus on. I just want to end on a quote from an influential book that I read last year from Professor Colin Campbell, who writes in his book, Whole, The only way to see the miraculous complexity of nature is to allow ourselves to do so. And what he means by that is that by getting overly simplistic about the exact proportions of certain compounds or molecules in a food, we miss the bigger picture of how those molecules relate to each other, to our body and the environment as well. There is an absolute universe of science in each mouthful of food, and it's near impossible to explain with current understanding, as we found out, But to reach a healthier lifestyle, we know that we can rely on simple advice of eating whole foods where possible. 
I think that wraps it up. Make sure you subscribe to the Doctor's Kitchen podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, or whatever your favorite podcast player is for notifications so you don't miss new episodes. You don't want to miss the new episodes. <laughs> Find my lovely inspirational guest, Alexandra Swacker, on at alexandra.swacker on Instagram and more of her work at the Imperial College School of Public Health collaboration with the WHO. That's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> socials, tweet us at Doctors underscore Kitchen for any comments. Check out the Instagram, YouTube, and my blog, thedoctorskitchen.com. And don't forget to pre-order a copy of your book and I will personally come to your kitchen, deliver some Tupperware for your meal preps. I don't think I can do that, but it's the thought that counts and I will see you next <laughs> I'm gonna time. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hold me to that. Cheers. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.